Hello and welcome to the Cisco Technology Podcast. It's uh, me, Justin Mullen, and uh, I'm joined by... I'm going to move you up to official co-host now. Really? Jochen Mason. That is an exciting moment. It is. It's a really exciting moment. How do you think Mark's going to feel about that? I, I don't care. He, if he can't be bothered to turn up or be available. No, a... he's busy doing special things oh, with, with special government departments oh, and stuff yeah. like that. And he can't talk he's, about it. He's on secondment, so he can't talk about it. Yes, well, I'm very, very happy to be the uh, backup stand-in co-host, as you know. And yeah. if you feel fit to um, temporarily promote me, well, I'm, uh, yeah. uh, I'm happy with that. You're definitely de- temporarily promoted. Mm. You're terribly promoted. Not terribly promoted, terribly promoted. <laughs> okay, we have got a guest. We have got a guest, yeah. Hi. Hi, he's over there. Hello, hello. Do you want to well, you two are just looking very romantic with your single Oh, mic. well, this is the thing you see, right? Because normally, because <laughs> Justin's got such fantastic sound equipment, normally we have a mic each, but today we don't. Luke's got one, because he's our guest. But Justin and I, it's almost like, who was it that sang duets and the Beatles and they sort of went up and they, and yeah, they yeah, sang? They yeah, that's what it feels yeah. like. It does feel a bit it like that. It won't sound like that, no. but that's what it feels like. Well, when I walked in the room, you two were arguing and squabbling about not being sat next to each other, so I'm convinced it's just <laughs> the fact that you want some more quality time with each other. There is a bit of that, actually. There is a bit yeah. of that. Yeah. I, I do nice this podcast nice for many well. reasons, one of which is quality time with Justin. Yeah. Oh, so oh, you really? picked up on that. Very intuitive, isn't he? In this little telepresence room, it's all romantic with its grey walls. No windows. No windows. <laughs> Nobody can see what yeah. we're up to. It's got um, what's the word? Good um, soundproofing, mm. acoustics. Yeah, I, don't I, don't think, know. I don't think we should take this conversation any further. No, no, right, no. let's do you, on. do you want to introduce Luke then? Luke. Go on then. Hello, Luke. Hello. Do you want to introduce yourself to our listeners, please? Uh, my name is Luke Rogers, and I am honoured to be here. I am the VP for the UK for App Dynamics. App Dynamics, uh, and that is the reason for the podcast today. Because we, we acquired. When did we acquire? It was announced 23 and a half hours before we were due to ring the bell at the NASDAQ. Um, He's not better. Well, I'm definitely not because (laughs) our valuation at the time was 1.5 billion and you very generously paid 3.8. So, uh, thank you very much. Three times as valuable. Three times. Largest multiple ever paid for a software company based on the company's revenue. Wow. And that's part of the reason why we're here today then. Because mm. we want to talk about what, why you're so valuable to Cisco. Why did you spend all that money? Yeah, well, I am. I'd be honoured. I was the uh, I was the first employee of AppDynamics UK five years ago when we was just sat on boxes of t-shirts and it was proper startup mode. So, oh, is it? Love to love to tell you a story if, if you can do. You got we got all the time in the world. As well, long we, as you well, want to, yeah, well, we haven't because you, you've got a train to catch. Yeah, I've got a train to catch, and you want you got a meeting in a bit. So. <laughs> But we've got all the time in the world for our listeners. A, we can't put a time limit on the podcast before we've even started. No, we're not. We're no, just going to be efficient really and well. very <coughs> straight to the point for once. Straight to the point. And, it, and, and, yeah. and we're having another little, little Friday. How do you say that in Danish, I guess? Oh, yes. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. Oh. Are you well, I was born there. And your mother's there. She is, yes. Well, and she's got Danish. family there. And you've got family there. And um, and in Denmark, the, on a Thursday, they talk about Thursdays being Lila Friday. Which is directly translated as Little Friday, and it's the start of our weekends tonight. Does the schnapps begin on Thursday? It can anything? do. Right. It can do. I mean, obviously, you, you you look at me and you can tell that you know schnapps or anything with like that would never pass my lips. However, for those that do like that kind of thing, yes, it can do. All oh, right, okay. Mm. But it, but the real reason is is we call it Little Friday's because you and me were up last night. <laughs> <laughs> You can't make that admission. That's like fifty percent of the podcasts we've done. You've admitted to having a hangover. That's have we only done four? Yeah. Oh, we need to do more. I, not I not like that I'm it. counting in my little book. I am. 
I'm going to do a listener survey to see who sounds the most hungover out of the two of you. <laughs> oh, right, okay. You don't sound hungover. You sound no, remarkably you too fresh and sharp. Well, Luke. some of us go to uh, workout classes in the morning. and uh... oh, right. <laughs> oh, I looked at myself sickly. in the mirror. Sickly. Not this morning. But I looked at myself in the mirror this morning and I was bloodshot eyes and I scared myself. <laughs> I went, I'm not going to the gym. When, I'm not going for a run. When Luke reaches our age, because it's fair to say he's not... I think I'm, younger, um, I think I'm older than you. You are, yeah. But we are sort of in our forties, and I, I don't, I want, I don't think Luke is. No, no, no not in my prime yet. No, but Luke also building used to, up to it. But Luke also used to work at Cisco. I did, yeah. Started my career as a as a CSAP, bright eyed, bushy tailed out in Amsterdam. You did that without flinching. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then got went left and went on to bigger and better things, and now you're a VP. There we go. But it was only because I got involved with this scrappy little startup. That so let's let's get back onto the scrappy little startup. Do you want to do you want to give us a yeah, so tell us about it. Tell well, it's exciting. We love it. I was pretty, you know, I was I was I was interested in software, and I'd been selling hardware here, obviously, and uh, I was in the data center team. Great place, great team to work. Great team. Um, well done, Luke. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you know got was was advised get get a bit of experience. So went out, did services for a little bit, and then. Um, then thought, right, I'll, I'll get involved with a software company. And, you know, one of the things that a recruiter had said to me was, you know, look for a company that's got a really hot product, but that's in a really growing market, right, where there's a lot of demand for it and that's got some some really good people in charge of it. So the chap that founded AppDynamics was a guy called Jyoti Bansal. He had uh, founded a company um, in the 2000s called, oh, pre-2000s called uh, Wiley Technologies, which was bought by CA. So we'd, he'd had a track record of building an APM tool and selling What's it. What's an APM tool? Application performance management. Right, okay. It's becoming all about the app, apparently. It is. It is all about the app, isn't it? All about the app. All like, about the app. It's like all about the base. But, yeah, that's, but, right. I, I had, that's what no I had going on in my, in my head. head. Yeah. I, know, no, I bet I got to see you two with a glass of Argentinian Malbec just <laughs> oh, shaking it on the dance floor. I'm having flashbacks with a Megan trainer. I've fallen asleep on the train and everything. Did you? Yeah. Justin, that's bad. Wow. Lucky I woke up just in time to Don't get off. Don't make that admission. People oh. think you're a true professional. I'm not a true professional. I work for you. Anyway, look back. Get on with it. Back on professional so, development. So APM was application performance, performance management. management. And so this chap Jyoti decided, you know, CA had sort of ruined his product, and as as they as they can uh, with with these things, and he said he was going to go do it again. So we've got his mate, and they set up AppDynamics, and it was in stealth mode in 2008 in a garage. So for the first two years, they were just building it out. 2010. So were they just in the garage designing the code? Crunching code. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. it. Just building code, crunching code. Two of them brought on a UI designer, so three of them. And then when they came to market... To UI, is that user interface? User interface, yeah. Oh, thank okay, you. Man, look, uh, at look at that. Look at that. Well, look, see, you don't give yourself enough credit uh, for these well, things. Well, I'm guilty of giving myself too much credit normally. Right. But anyway, <laughs> crack right. on. I'll, I'll bring you back down if <laughs> yeah, I need do. to. No, yeah, I'm sure um, you will, yes. But he, he then went out and started shopping this around the valley, Silicon Valley, that is, yeah. right? Not the Welsh Valley, it's just him. Not Thames Valley. No, not, or, or the <laughs> not Thames Valley. Valley or, you <laughs> know. the Valley, or the... You might not have heard too many buyers. Me <laughs> some sheep. Yeah. All right, then let's not get too... <laughs> racist. That's not racist, come on. Well, it's, it's bringing sheep into the... That's equation. just recognising different regions of the United Kingdom, as yeah. we All talked right. about. Hey, I know when St David's Day is. When's that then? It's the 1st of March. Well, then. Yes, Only because I told you. <laughs> That's shameless. If you carry on misbehaving, no, no, get on with this. We're never going to get this story finished. <laughs> so, so basically, I'm going to have to accelerate this, aren't I? So basically, then they go out and they find Netflix, and Netflix go, "Hey, this is pretty cool. 
and Netflix is growing like crazy in 2008, right? And Netflix becomes one of the first clients of AppDynamics. And basically, they kind of co-engineer this thing because Netflix are one of the first ever companies to use, you know, cloud infrastructure. They're, you know, a huge consumer of Amazon yeah. early in the day and making everything into microservices and service-oriented yeah. architecture. So they needed this massive scale and all of the tools that existed in the marketplace in, in APM, in application performance management, they didn't, they couldn't scale, right? They needed thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of infrastructure on the back end mm-hmm. to do that. So what they did is they built this really, really, really scalable solution. And then the AppDynamics team were like, hang on a minute, this is we've really got something here. And so as that relationship continued, they started to get more funding. So Lightspeed came on board, gave a load of money, Greylock, um, Battery Ventures. So went through, you know, just round upon round of fundraising, just people just plowing money and the valuation just went up and up. Um, so from a revenue perspective, the company in the first year, first year it was selling, did $2 million. Mm. Second year did twelve. Then it did 28, then 77, then 156, Mm. then 258, and then we did 468 million. So from a revenue growth, that's faster than ServiceNow, Mm. faster than Splunk, it's faster than Workday. So you had all these venture capitalists just desperate Mm. to to get money into this company because it was just taking off. So, but what is it that, that actually is so great about AppDynamics or application performance management? So can you want to explain a bit what that is from a... What, what, why is it needed? Yeah. So if you if you think about, you, you know, you're a CIO and you've got this giant IT estate. You've been promoted again. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Imagine that, Justin, charge of the IT. Well, that's you know. it's quite dangerous. I like it. It is dangerous. What would your first order of business be if you were the CIO of Cisco? Oh, no, that's just, I'm going to have to edit this bit out. I just go to the pub. <laughs> <laughs> or Self-healing infrastructure. Dog. Today is a head of the dog. I am <laughs> Um, but these CIOs, they, 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 their customer is the business, right? It's yeah. the CEO. And so ultimately, what the CEO cares about is the applications that exist in that company. And the CIO typically didn't have a huge amount of visibility into how those applications were running because the software developers would build them. They would throw them over the wall to the IT operations team who generally were very well versed in keeping infrastructure up and running mm-hmm. but didn't really know anything about the code. So... They were just sort of trying to throw as much infrastructure at the problem to make sure things didn't slow down or break. Yeah. And they would put things like DR in place, things like that. But never could they actually actually ever really figure out what was going on with the app. Yeah. Guesswork as opposed to knowing the answer. Yeah. And then and then guesswork as well as throwing the problem back to the developers. And so every time you throw a problem back to the developer, that means that developer's not stop coding. Stop coding, right? So there's this self-perpetuating problem yeah. as businesses become software more software defined the developer productivity is smashed to bits as is IT operations you know and so you were in this vicious cycle whereas mm-hmm. they became so, so just so you get that in my head not being a, an applications guy or a data center guy is you that you apologize for that Justin is doesn't look guilty <laughs> I don't um, is that you would have a so an operations IT operations guy would be or running the infrastructure, running the tin, running the servers, running the VMs, running everything that an application is running on. But they ne- and they could sort of work out how to keep those things running, yeah. but they would never really understand how well the application was running. And that because it was just sort of either because they never wrote the code or anything like that, they just sit there going. So if something went wrong, they'd go, well, okay, we would then add 
okay, we add more hardware or more memory or more more. I mean, the assumption the assumption is that if something's going wrong, it's the problems in the infrastructure, and it wouldn't necessarily be the application itself. Right. So that's the thing; they just didn't know how well. So that's interesting, though. Having an application, nobody really knew if it was running well or not. Like a black box, right? Have you ever seen the IT crowd? Turn it off and on again. Yeah. I mean, that's the solution. You yeah. know, when 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 an IT operations person has an application that's having a problem, they just turn it off and turn it back on again. Yeah. Because they don't know how to fix it. Right. Okay. It's like when you when your computer breaks, you tend you tend you know if you don't know what to do, you just sort of wipe it clean and start again. Yeah. Right. It was the same sort of situation. So you had all these people that were just flapping around and constantly arguing with each other about what the problem was yeah. because the network person would get blamed because it was always the network that was slow, right? And then they would say, well, it's not me because they've got their network tools that say, hey, there's nothing wrong with the network. And then they would say, it's it's the infrastructure. And the infrastructure yeah. person would say, well, everything's running fine. The server's up. It's, it's healthy. The CPU's. And so they would say, well, it must be the code. And the developer goes, well, it worked fine when I built it. What have you done to it, yeah. right? And so they would spend hours and hours, and this still happens, by the way. Of course it does, yeah. Just arguing yeah. with yeah. each other, right? Yeah. All the while, Twitter's going crazy. Everyone's going, ah, oh, this is this is terrible. I want my money back. I can't yeah. buy my dress from whatever mm-hmm. clothing website. So, And the CIO's just getting things thrown at him by the CEO saying, I pay you a lot of money to sort this out. What yeah. the hell are you playing at? Yeah. So that's the problem we solve. And the thing about it is, I mean... Um, you know, it was a it was a problem ten years ago. But if you think about, you know, uh, the relevance, the criticality of application. You know, we talk about application as the business, and it is, and then increasingly so. And actually, part of the part of it is, it's uh, we know it's less about off the shelf software, and it's more about what you know um, customers are building, because essentially the application is is the source of their innovation, right? You know that's the that's their differentiation in the market increasingly. So you you and I as consumers, you know, we're on the maybe on a on a on a smartphone and we're consuming multiple applications, and that is our experience um, of dealing with said organisation, whether it's your bank or whatever. The minute there's something wrong with that, you know, we're an impatient bunch. We we we, we don't tolerate poor performance. We don't tolerate uh, poor or limited functionality. So the onus is on all of these organisations to keep innovating, keep developing. But then the importance of the application and the and, and, and the importance of it functioning well just grows and grows from from you know in terms yeah. of the relevance of the business. So what is it that actually AppD does to unmask the dark art of the application? Yeah. How, what does it do and how does it do it? So so a big part of the problem with with how people traditionally did application performance management is they would need the developers to kind of build it in to the app. So the first problem that AppDynamics solved is it did all of that in an automated way. So very much like the way you can download an app off the App Store, you can download AppDynamics off our website. So it's the full product, you can download it for two weeks, try it out for free, because it's really lightweight technology. And the idea was that we would create a consumerized enterprise software product, like you would download an app off the App Store. So what people do is they download it, they can next, 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 click install with a little wizard and hook it into their app without understanding, having any understanding of the code whatsoever. So if you've bought an application from a third-party company and you definitely don't know the code, yet you still want to monitor it, you can download AppDynamics, next, 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 finish, install it into the application. And what it does is that it automatically hooks into that application because it installs at the operating system level and it just automatically discovers everything that's going on with that application. So you don't have I to... I thought it was more... Um, so this is, this is interesting, because I thought it was mainly about, you know, um, 
uh, homegrown if you like home homegrown apps, but have you be also get it deployed in off the shelf software as well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, okay. So, so what would that include? So, if you are running something in the cloud, so if you got running a, a, a it's like software as a service, would you be able to point at D at that as well? So that's a really good point, especially the way the world's moving right now. So I'll I'll just uh, the first point right, which was if if it's something you wrote yourself, great works no problem. If it's something you bought from another company and you you've downloaded that and you've installed that yourself yeah. and you're running it yourself. Take Microsoft Dynamics, for example, their the CRM system. If you buy that from Microsoft, install it in your own environment and run it, we can work on that no problem because it's just written in Microsoft's language, code, you know, which is .NET. Mm. So we can we can monitor that. Now, it gets a little trickier in this world of SaaS, true, true software as a service, right? Because ultimately, when someone goes to buy a software as a service, say, Salesforce.com, yeah. right? The responsibility for the performance and availability of that application purely lies with, with Salesforce.com. Mm. So what what do you think happens then? Well, who cares about the customer response time? Who cares about the end user experience? Well, Salesforce.com do because they've got a contractual Obligations. obligation to say, you know, Cisco, who use Salesforce.com to maintain the user experience mm. of that platform. So then they're running all of the application themselves in their own data center and just providing so it. So that means that you would then, they would deploy App Dynamics, And they themselves have spent probably over $10 million with us and have been a customer for over five and a half years. Wow, okay. So that's answered my question. Then. That's interesting, yeah. Hmm. Where are we going now? Well, well we've got this I just, I just wanted to cover off how credible Joachim sounded. <laughs> With yeah. that, with that little that little monologue was quite something, you know. You did really well. Have you burned out now? I, I, uh, yeah. I wrote it down yesterday, and I've been practicing it on the train oh. this morning. I haven't. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful. So where are we? So, so, are we, so do, do you think we've covered? I'm going to edit all this stuff out until yeah. it comes in, right? So, are we we happy to understand? We've we explained what app dynamics well, is and how it works. And yeah. Well, I, well, so one of the things that would be good because actually one of the things I've noticed, um, we were. Uh, I can say that. So we were very excited at the prospect of AppD coming in um, because of exactly that point about the relevance of the app and the and the growing relevance and criticality of it. Um, and one of the things that struck me when I went to the first summit that you guys held was the um, the enthusiasm or the appetite of of your customers, our customers, to talk about it. And and talk about the impact that it had in their business, where and and how and and you know and and often spending like hours on stage talking about it and and it really struck me because sometimes you know when you run events and different things you're trying to drag up a, a customer and give it give give whatever it is some credibility etc. But there didn't just there didn't seem to be that issue. People were just genuinely wanted to come up on stage and talk about this stuff. And I know there's a few examples that you can yeah, talk yeah, about that probably bring it to life for people. You know, yeah, because yeah, that'll be really good because yeah. it's understanding what do they do. They all have different because you you've got some customers up on our our, our whiteboard that we prepped, like we always say we do prep. I had to uh, I had to physically go and fetch a flip chart from one part of the office to the other, and I was being roundly mocked by my two cohorts here. But it's coming in useful it now, is, isn't no, it? Because yeah. it's keeping us on track. But, but in yeah. your hungover state, it definitely looked like a, a genuine amount of effort <laughs> to, to do that I through, sweat off. through the I was sweating. Doors. I was yeah. breathing heavily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd gone somewhat red of face. Um, but the flip chart is here. Well, it and is that's right. what it's all about. And the blazer has remained on for good, <laughs> good reason. And it, it is yeah, adding value already. So do you want to go on, Luke? Just get back on track, please. Yeah. Well, um, well, I mean, I think one of the things that's been really exciting for me since, since I've been working here now is... 
people championing app dynamics within their own organizations has really transformed their careers and the careers of people around them. So, you know, people who suffer with this problem that we talked about at the beginning around the fact that these things are really hard to manage, it can have real uh, life implications as well, right? It means, you know, IT operations people, they work crazy hours Mm -hmm. and, you know, many of them work seven days a week. They're away from their, you know, husbands, wives, yep. kids, and they miss a lot, right? And many of the people that I've talked to have said, look, I need to get my life back on track. But because I'm a slave to my phone and it's just ringing all the time and I'm always on edge, I'm stressed and, you know, the, the, the business don't trust that I've got the ball. But, you know, those organizations that have adopted AppDynamics have been able to eliminate that stress. Mm-hmm. They've been able to get control. They've been able to get visibility. And visibility of things they never had visibility before. That's the big thing that sort of sticks out for me around the application front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and also, but down to the infrastructure as well, right? Because uh, another big part of the problem is that so many of these companies would monitor these with different silo tools. You know, they have a tool for the database, a tool for the network, a tool for the infrastructure, sometimes a tool for the application, sometimes a tool for the front-end web- website. AppDynamics brings all of that together in one place so that you can stop the arguments, you can get that visibility, and then you can get quickly to root cause literally yeah. within seconds rather than the days. And that's one of the other things, isn't it? I mean, that's, you know, um, so as we know, AppD has a lot of that capability, you know, um, in its own right. And then you start to think about um, what happens when it then connects into all the other stuff that Cisco does, whether it's deep into the infrastructure or out to the edges of the network or uh, and everything in between. You know, that the, the, the level of kind of analytics and insight and, and to your point, Justin, you know, visibility that you can get, yeah. uh, you know, and at the moment, you know, it's it's... We always talk in Cisco about build by partner, so we might innovate ourselves, uh, we might uh, acquire someone, um, we might partner with someone, but it's always that combination that's live at any one point in time. But the potential is to just give this kind of unparalleled yeah. visibility, top to bottom, of everything that's going on. But So it finds that the problems, if you can point to where the problems are on the application, does it tell you how to fix them? Yeah. Because it well, it won't give you the how-to Haynes manual of you know change this line of code this way, but it will tell you the exact line of code that, that is isn't working. So at least that it gets you straight to the, for the coder. Pro- for, so for the coder who would maybe take a long, long time, and I have no concept of time regarding how long it takes for an app developer to, or a coder to find where the problem is. But that'll just point them straight to the line. That is the thing that's not working. But the point, what but the point there is, is not so much how long it takes; it's the fact that they're constantly shortening those cycles. You know, the development cycles are having to be shortened because they need to be innovating yeah. at a much greater rate. So the more they're doing that, so the less time they spend coding and innovating, the more time they spend problem solving. Correct, it's yeah. a direct impact to the business. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And and also on the infrastructure elements, we'll, we'll get straight down to it's this virtual machine or it's this part of the network or it's, you know, you've got this load balancer that's, yeah. that's having, a, having a meltdown. And one of the things that's been super exciting to your point, Joachim, is... is the, the innovation, um, the co-innovation that we've been able to drive just in the year that we've been working together mm-hmm. and been part of Cisco, we've accelerated our mainframe product. So that's now generally available. So customers can now reach right into the mainframe and get visibility of their transactions into right. the mainframe. We can now monitor the network at the application level. So we can really show people like conclusively at the application layer what the network performance is between. Is that the network the in the data center or the network anywhere? Anywhere. So it could How be does the, that work? So it could be the network connection between the mobile phone and the you know the, the call home part of the application in the data center, or it could be the network that's in the data center between two parts of that back end. So you've got um, 
because uh, you know we obviously uh, we talk a lot about um, uh, we, this as, as part of our capability. Um, and one of the things I said, you, you know, not just that customers are, are really happy to come and talk about this, but um, and this is going to sound a little bit cheesy, so I don't. But but you get these kind of wow moments. Smell cheesy. It does, it's not going to smell cheesy. Don't take, don't take the, off. <laughs> <laughs> the um, you really are going to put me off my stride in a minute. Um, but you get this, you know, when, when customers, to your point about the stresses and strains, right, the responsibilities that's on them, and all of a sudden something comes along and 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 it's kind of the, it's this elixir, right? It's the answer to the problems because all of a sudden they've got something, they've got a tool that's going to solve so many, you know, and you do get that. When it, when it struck me was, I, th- I can't, I can't remember which customer it was, but they were on stage and they were showing their NOC, so their network operation centre, and and the screens and all the front end screens were all app dynamic front end good and that's when it really struck me saying right okay that's everything from the application down and everything in between. And is, is, I heard a story once that the CIO of a company has live app dynamics on a monitor in his office on his desk. So that so that's really common, right? That the CIO themselves use um, a high level dashboard of app dynamics because we can put dashboards on iPads and we've got a mobile app and. You know, very accessible. Many of them will just have it on their iPhone and they'll be able to check in and see the health of their business. And we should talk about the business IQ level monitoring because that is absolutely game changing at the moment. You know, we've really moved on a lot, you know, from the three first three years where we were all about applications and Mm -hmm. infrastructure and performance Mm -hmm. to business performance. And so it's table stakes almost really for us now to have, um, you know, Carphone Warehouse, for example, you go into their knock, you know, eight. 10 screens because it was. Um, yep. the first year um, there was a year I think it was 2015 Carphone Warehouse went through Black Friday and it was their worst trading day you know, worst trading year ever because they fell over spectacularly and, and the website completely crashed and it was offline for like six seven hours it was in it was in all the papers and then that year following they enlisted AppDynamics we came in we installed AppDynamics into their infrastructure into their applications we got them enabled with some dashboards we you know we set up some of the proactive remediation and then they had the best trading year they'd ever had and they, the CEO accredited that to AppDynamics. And one of the things we did for them is we were able to expose revenue and the value of the shopping cart of the transactions that were executing through AppDynamics, right? So we were able to say... So you were able to see through AppDynamics the value of the business going through the application. Correct. And then... What Instead we- of it just doing more back-end as in, right, you can see the amount of money coming into the bank or coming going into their bank yeah. is actually... I'm seeing it at the front end, not at the back. Is on, am I explaining yeah. that correctly? So someone comes onto the website, right? And they probably start anonymously because they're browsing around, right? And they start adding things to their basket. The second somebody comes onto the website, AppDynamics picks up on that and goes, this is a unique person. We don't know who it is, right? But we'll start watching it and recording it as a session. And then when they start to go through that journey, right? They've put a bunch of different bits of bobs in their, in their basket they then go to the checkout process. We're watching that all the way through that process, that that funnel as they go through that, that funnel and every single stage of that buying process. And we can see where people drop out of that funnel. Why did they drop out? Did they hit an error on the page or was it because it was really slow or, you know, did they get to the checkout, click pay, and then the payment gateway didn't respond. So they were, you know, Payment gateway by PayPal or Mastercard. Well, there's one up here that I'm drawn to, but, uh, simply because I'm I use it too much myself. Just eat. You, know, you 
you don't. I don't use Just Eat. Is there no. a bit of that on the train tonight on the way home? It won't be Just Eat on the train. There's because you get you get what is it? You get Hungry House, Just Eat, and Deliveroo. Those Hungry are the House three. Has just been bought by Just, just Eat. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's right. So so Just Eat is one that I have uh, an acquaintance with. Right. Well, Just Eat's a public case study, so yes. you can you can go online. Google. Tell us all about it. Tell us about Just Eat. Why did Just Eat need need update? Well. One of the one of the challenges Just Eat has, which is they're a startup too, right? So it's great working with another high tech startup. Um, is they've got a scale, and it's an arms race in that world right now. Yeah. You've got Deliveroo, you've got Uber Eats, you've got Just Eat, right? And they're all just aggressively trying to get market share as quickly as possible, and hence the acquisition of Hungry House and some of these other brands. And one of the challenges that they had was um, number one, how did they deal with peak because during the day, not a lot of pizzas getting ordered. There is quite a few, but compared to busy evening rush time, yep. the busiest day of their year, any guesses? That's a good question. Busiest day of their year? Out of all the days in the year, the 365 one, which one of them is the busiest? Yeah. Oh, I like uh, the quiz. Ooh. Wait, well, is it something like New Year's Day? Close. No. Oh, it's not. No. Christmas is it my birthday, the fifth of January? <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate bitch. Just, just There's a real spike. <laughs> Falling off I the was horse. very hungry yeah. that day. <laughs> I was proper starving. Hangover kicked in. It's actually Valentine's Day. Oh, was it? Nobody wants to cook. And you can't get a space in a restaurant. Did we? What do we do Valentine's Day? We don't want to know, Justin. Let's yeah, move on. Let's, let's, let's move on from Justin to yeah, Justin. Don't want to depress the audience. <laughs> <laughs> So one of the problems they had was how do they deal with this 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 massive spiky peak demand and they would use Amazon. So what they would have to do is they would have to flick a big switch on Amazon and say, right, quick, yeah. give us loads of infrastructure. Give us more, more resources. Just in case, right? Yeah. Just in case we get this mad rush. that's cheap. Yeah, because right, it's cheap. <laughs> and we, because we can't fall over. Like they wanted to be available yeah. and they want the customers to have a great experience. Yeah. And it was hard for them to understand the experience of the customer and also whether they should scale or not. And so what we started to work with them on was, number one, end-to-end management and monitoring of the experience of the customer. So from the mobile app or the website, all the way through to the back end. But then also, when should you scale? You know, you should only really have to go and pay for more infrastructure when it's really needed. So how do you know when it's needed? Well, it's needed when the customer starts to suffer, right? Because AppDynamics measures the end-user response time and the, ultimately the user experience mm-hmm. if the user experience starts to degrade because there's not enough infrastructure well go and get some more yeah but don't double it yeah. get what you need yeah, yeah, yeah. and so app dynamics can enable cloud auto scaling in any cloud environment based on user experience so the, the ability of you can monitor the application and go actually you need some more infrastructure you need some more resource and it will automatically go and get the resource you need automatically is that yeah that? exactly bloody hell Especially if you're, in, if you're using Cisco UCS, right? We can start talking into UCS Director. Or and Hyperflex. Hyperflex and all of these great technologies, right? All these really, really kind of powerful systems because AppDynamics just has this open API. It can reach in and, and do all of that level of control. Yeah, I mean, if you connect it up that way, it will do. And, I mean, that's, and again, it goes back to, I mean, um, you know, as I say, we were, uh, we were excited when you guys, you know, joined, were acquired um, because of that because of that potential, right? Because it's all of those links then to say, well, you might want to scale from a cloud perspective, etc. You you might not. You might have your own environment that you want to actually optimize and get the most out of. The key thing is that you know where the issue is right. and so you, how, you, how you address the issue. 
I, I guess I, I, one of the other stories I'd love to tell you about is um, Vodafone, right? Yeah. Um, recent video case study came out with Vodafone. You can find it on our case studies website. It's on YouTube. And Vodafone, one of their, one of their challenges was how do they monitor all of their key customer journeys, right? Because in any business, there's a number of journeys that will make up the majority of your revenue. Mm -hmm. And so they were trying to figure out what those journeys were. And so they spent a huge amount of manpower trying to map those out. And then they came across AppDynamics. And because AppDynamics can be installed and automatically map those journeys, mm -hmm. they went from spending days, months, years doing this manually to having mapped all of their top 40 journeys within a month. Wow. So we were able to map out all of those journeys, visualize them as dashboards, they call them their hero journeys, and have a bit of fun with some Marvel characters like like they would and put those up on the dashboards. And then the, you know, the CIOs and, and the head of you know, technology and different execs can look at those dashboards now and say, great, the things that really matter to our business, the journeys that our customers you know, they rely on us to take a seamless journey through our online experience. They're working fine, right? Mm -hmm. And and we, we started to visualize that as a tube map for them. Yeah. And, you know, so we could see, you know, the Bakerloo line, right? How many customers were riding the Bakerloo line? How many customers were, were mm -hmm. riding the Jubilee line? And, and, and where did these customers intersect on the tube system? So people were getting off one part of the journey and getting on another one. And AppDynamics was monitoring all of that live, end to end. Crikey. So you're um, so let's let's bring it back to you because you were you were in Cisco. Mm. Uh, you uh, left to join a startup, and uh, and that company's now been acquired by Ken. So how does that how does that because I guess that's quite a change, something um, to get used to. So how do you, how are you feeling about that? And you can be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's uh, been recorded and it's going into public. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we know that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but how how is it? And what do you see sort of for the for the road ahead? Yeah, I think I. There was always a part of me, having joined Cisco straight out of university, that um, wanted to do a startup at some yeah. point. So I think it was always something I was going to do at some point. Yeah. And I am so happy that I did it because it was a very different type of challenge, right? Mm -hmm. um, and for me, learning what I've learned about how, how important applications are to people's businesses, but also how important customers are in, in buying software. Software is a very difficult thing. You can't you you can't touch anything, yeah. right? It's it's mm. kind of air. Yeah. And it, it takes a lot for customers to put their jobs on the line to champion it internally. Um, and you need to work really, really hard in order to help them justify that with their finance teams and their executive teams to say that there's business value here. And I'm I'm really proud to say that you know, many, many, if not all of our investments have yielded a sub one year return on investment because of the business cases that we build with our customers. Wow. Um, but, you know, being a back part of Cisco, you know, actually, you know, speaking just personally, right, there was a lot of anxiety around the IPO. Mm. Right? It was really exciting because it's all we talked about for five years. And, you know, no joke, we had execs on planes to New York to to ring the bell. Yeah. Um, because no one knew about the Cisco acquisition. It was totally secret. Our CEO and the team had been flying around the world doing the investor roadshow with the bankers. Um, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd filed all of the documentation yeah. publicly that we needed to do. And then I remember the, the morning that I woke up um, of the day of the IPO. We had a party planned that day. 
Um, and I looked at my phone and I had all these messages on LinkedIn from people from way back when saying, congratulations on the, on Cisco. And I was just like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and then I, and then I finally get into my own inbox and I see an announcement from our CEO saying, you know, we've agreed terms with Cisco to be acquired for, for 3.7 plus a hundred million in cash. And I'm like, wow. And after I got over the shock, because it, you know, went away and tried to clear my head for an hour. I actually thought, you know what, that is a really good thing. Had that been, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but some other giant IT companies, um, I probably would have been devastated because I know what happens to um, software businesses that are acquired by other larger software businesses. But because Cisco, by its own admission, isn't a software business, it bought a software business so it could create a strong software arm of its company. Yeah. And I think I was the first person to really realize that, even you know, before the people that I work for, because I went into our office here in, in WeWork in, in Morgate that morning, and everyone sat there, and they're pale, and they're <laughs> freaking out, and you know, our, our IT guy's about to jump off the banister because he's like, I've got, you know, they don't need me anymore, and, and the marketing team are freaking out, and you know, everyone's, everyone's freaking out. I said, what's wrong with you all? Like, oh, we've been bought by Cisco, haven't we? We're going to get acquired and smushed and... And what they call it? The, the Borg, isn't it? The Borg, Borg yeah, yeah. Assimilated. I said, you're wrong. And I, and I really believe this. I think these guys have made a big bet here um, because the world needs software. It's, it's a software-defined world, you know? Software is eating the world, Mark Andreessen, right? And um, you watch... You watch how much they turn to us and ask us to be constructive about this and, and work with them and the further merger and acquisition potential. And actually, as the years gone on, um, you know, Chuck kept kept his word, left us as a, as a separate business unit. We've had all of the support that we've we could ever possibly have asked for from the field. And I definitely think there's a disconnect between our our world mm. and, and the Cisco classic world. Yeah. But I think we're bridging that gap. Mm. Right? And I, I think this is part of that. Um, and I think the more integrated the proposition starts to become, the better. But some of the things that have been really exciting is that we've now got this close to $70 billion war chest that thanks to President Trump, Cisco was able able to repatriate. Thank you, President Trump. <laughs> Trump. Yeah. I'm not time, even going to say that. See, uh, only uh, time I might say that. Um, but he's a li- avid listener, apparently. Is he? No. <laughs> It'd be on Twitter. He'd be tweet about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, oh. Justin Woolen. Okay, you use my name. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> But, but no, know. yeah, you're right. I think the possibilities, are, you know, it's, it is just the beginning, you know, and it's two companies getting to know one another. Um, but, uh, you, you know, the, the, the more we're able to kind of gel and connect the dots in terms of some of the stories and different things like that. I mean, uh, you, know, you know, I think it's uh, I think there's some, some exciting times ahead as well. So. Customers are excited by yeah. it. You know, a lot of customers are very, very happy about it. it. used to be that, you know, I would have to get the CFO to explain why we didn't make any money and, you know, because yeah, we were yeah. a startup. And now, you know, I'm having a conversation so with a big bank and yeah. Yeah. they were like, oh, yeah, so uh, we need to check your credit scores. Like, yeah, uh, Cisco Incorporated. They're like, yeah. oh, okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I think ne- we're okay. Ne- next question. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think it's been really great meeting you today, Luke. Um, we, we have got some other uh, more customers that you want to talk about, but I think they're all public case studies and they're all be on the website. So 
what's the what's the URL? Abdynamics.com. Abdynamics.com forward slash case studies. Case yeah. studies, and I you think... can go in there. There's some other ones there. There's, uh, you mean it's interesting because I know we've talked about sort of uh, Vodafone as a big service provider, uh, and obviously as as a, as a, as a mobile mo- mobile provider as well. We talked about. Uh, and then we've also just you mean, we've talked about the um, financial conduct authority as well. So it's not just about uh, uh, it's pro- public sector, private sector. You mean, you know, we both both work in public sector, don't we? But it's 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 anywhere that has a application yeah. that you mean that doesn't have to be external facing. It could be just internal facing. It's about understanding how well that application is running, yeah, and knowing that where it's gone wrong and how to fix it. And uh, the bit. Are there any other? And just to finish off, is there any other fancy? exciting features that's coming yeah and it's it's already arrived which is great and and i probably haven't done it enough justice but about two years ago we launched what we call business iq so if you think about everything we've talked about was about the application about the infrastructure is about it and so what we what we realized was because we were monitoring every single transaction as it flowed through the application we could reach into that and pull that out so um i won't name the, the the bank specifically but one big bank came to us and said hey um a challenge our CEO has set, so the CIO came to us and, and said, you know, the challenge the CEO has set to me is that he wants more real-time information about the mortgages business because it takes us about five to seven days to gather all the information he asks for. We, we spend, we have about three or four people that manually put it all together in PowerPoint and Excel yeah. and then they, they, you know, they deliver it to him in a little envelope and, and, yeah. he, and he reads through it all. And um, he doesn't like that because, you know, all of these challenger banks are starting to appear and... Mm they're starting to disrupt, right? People can get loan applications in minutes, not days now, right? So these big legacy banks, they need to be able to compete with that problem. So CEO said, I want that. I want to see my mortgages business in real time. So the CIO therefore passed that challenge on to us and said, like, I like you. You're a great partner of ours. You help us monitor our applications and our user experience, but can you help us with this? And we said, all right, we'll give it a go. And so we got the whiteboard pens out and we said, well, what would this dashboard look like that he's after? And so we got all of these little pie charts and graphs and things like that on there. And um, we figured out very quickly that everything they were asking for was data that just lived within the transaction. And so rather than the, the, old, the old school method, which they would have probably had to dump all of that into a big data warehouse, interrogate it, buy, buy loads of infrastructure to build that, we can just selectively almost reach in. It's like something flowing through a tube, like reach in grab the piece of information they want, whether it's the, you know, the age of the customer or the customer ID or the branch which they applied for the mortgage at or the value of the mortgage or mm-hmm. the estate agent, any of those things, right? We can get all that information because it lives in code, right? Or it lives somewhere in the database. And so we were able to reach in without any code changes, grab that information, display that on the dashboard within a week and put that as a proof of value on an iPad and walk with the CIO into the CEO's office and show him that. And he said, if you can do this for the rest of the bank, give me real-time information, then I will fund this software product for the whole bank. And the next meeting, he invited the sales rep and into his board meeting to present AppDynamics to the board of the bank. Wow. And actually got the sales rep to sit next to him at the board table and present these dashboards that were able to show the mortgages business and the corporate cash management business and you know all so of So it's these not about the app it's not just about the application, it's showing their business, how well their business is performing. Yeah. So we talked earlier about being able to understand the, the customer journey and the conversion rate and where people are dropping out. So for a retailer that's really powerful. 
<clears throat> but as someone goes through the loan journey or the mortgage application journey, they might start that in a branch and finish it two weeks later online. App Dynamics can stitch that entire business process together end to end and start to tell the company, well, maybe that was a problem with your branch manager because he's a bit rude. <laughs> right? We're not we don't have an agent for the branch manager yet. But, but you can at least see where the gap in the where the where the problem is happening now. Where the where the where the dropout rate is not in the technical transaction now just, but in the business process. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There you go. That's you a, go. that's another subject for another podcast. I'd it is, say. isn't it? Wow. <laughs> um I think we're finished, aren't we? I think we are, yeah. We are. That's really good. Thank you, Luke, for today. It's been absolutely yeah, awesome. It's been really My great. pleasure. Yeah, and so if you want to go, I think we've got the URL already, haven't we? AppDynamics.com. Yeah, and then you can go download for, download it for free. Yeah, try it out. If you're a budding Java.net, PHP, Python, Go, Node developer. I don't even know what he said there. Yeah, I just nodded. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got a Twitter handle? Uh, at AppDynamics. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, don't follow me. I'm boring. There's just lots of me. Come on, Strava, you can't see that. Strava rides because are you not, on any Strava? Heads? I'm not figuring. No, but I've just not figured out how to turn it off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like, Luke, Luke did half a mile and <laughs> fell off. <laughs> good stuff. All right, All right, listen, it's been really good. Thanks Great. very much. Yeah, thanks very much. Thank, uh, so thanks very much for listening. Uh, if you want to contact the podcast, you can via emailing me at Justin Woolen. You can uh, tweet me. No, at Justin Woolen. That's my Twitter, isn't it? You can email me at. You're asking me. At, what just your email what your address handle is. No, I you can't. Might wanna, you want to email your Cisco email address? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So it'd be Justin, just at, just, no. What's my email address? Just, Justin. Just Woolen. We should just, get you. Just Woolen. Just Woolen. Two O's, one out. So it's justin.woolen at Cisco. It has. Justin.woolen at Cisco. I think you both need more red wine. Oh. And, That's a good idea. And at Twitter. And you can contact us on LinkedIn as well. And if you want to do a, a Yoka Mason, you can do at Yoka Mason. That's it. I got it, didn't I? You did? You're talking well. Yeah, yeah, I remembered it. There you go. Thanks very much for listening.